Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. This sermon by Pastor Stephen Paramala is titled, Faith Is. Well, it's great to be back with you today. Uh, like uh, Christian mentioned, I was in Kansas City last Sunday celebrating the 40-year anniversary of my mother immigrating from India to America. And a lot of times, uh, you know, you might be thinking, what's the big deal? You know, a lot of times those of us who have been born here and raised here like myself, we kind of take for granted living in such an amazing country with such freedoms and, and, and things of that nature. But for someone that lived in a third world country their whole life, it's a big deal for her to move. So we celebrated her. We had family from all over the country come and we just got to celebrate my mom. She sacrificed so much for myself and my family. And so it was awesome to be able to be there uh, with them last Sunday. Uh, I listened to Priscilla's message on the airplane ride back to New York, and so I know that you guys were in good hands. She preached a very good message, so thank you, love, for preaching that. It was, it was awesome, and uh, I was being spiritually fed on that Southwest airline from Kansas City to New York City, uh, so thank you for that. Also, I want to thank Christian and John for visiting Raymond in the hospital last Sunday since I couldn't be here. Uh, I got a chance to visit him on Thursday, and he's in good spirits and all of those, so we're believing for a uh, complete and speedy recovery over him. So continue to pray for him. Um, well, I would like to talk to you this morning about living by faith, okay? Some of us uh, sitting in here this morning, you are living by fear. Some of us are living by the approval or disapproval of others. Some of us are living by a fantasy of what we think life should be like, okay? But God wants all of us that call ourselves Christians to live by faith, okay? And so the Bible defines faith this way in Hebrews 11.1. 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It will be up on the screen for you to read along. And it says this, and I'm reading from the New American Standard. Now, faith is the assurance, or that word also means substance, of things hoped for or expected, the conviction or evidence of things not seen. It's by faith that we live out our Christian walk, okay? It is by faith in the finished work of Christ that you and I are saved. It is by faith that we believe that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we are saved, and that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and begins the process of forming us into image bearers of God. It is by faith that we are obedient to the promptings and the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is by faith that we believe that there is something greater for us after we leave this world. It is by faith that we believe that Jesus Christ is coming back someday for His bride. And because we know that, by faith, we live with a sense of urgency, not knowing when it's going to happen. So we are going to try to bring as many people with us as we possibly can. Amen? Amen. Our text for this morning is also found in Hebrews chapter 11. And so we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 11. And it says this, and it's in the New American Standard as well. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, 
fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Like I mentioned a moment ago, last Sunday, we were in Kansas City celebrating my mom being here uh, for 40 years, uh, of coming to America 40 years ago. And what she did reminds me a little bit about what the writer of Hebrews talks about Abraham doing. Uh, you know, my mom moved to America from India in her upper 20s, and she didn't know the language very well when she came. She didn't know the culture very well when she came here. She, her first job was a cashier at McDonald's when she got here, okay? Uh, she had a couple family members living here, but other than that, she didn't know anybody when she arrived on American soil, but she felt like there was something greater here and so she had to step out in faith and come here. She felt like God was leading her to come to America. The writer of Hebrews tells us that Abraham, by faith, moved to his place of inheritance without knowing where he was going. Biblical faith, according to one commentary, is not an emotional kind of wishful thinking. Some of us think that's what faith is. Let me, let, let, let me, let me get uh, the, these feelings that rise up in me and, 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 and let me just wish something, anything to happen. That's not what faith is. It is an inner conviction based on the Word of God. That's what biblical faith is. Biblical faith is not emotion or adrenaline, okay? Faith is not a feeling. It's not hype. It's knowing who your God is and what your God can do. Okay, biblical faith gives us the ability to persevere because we know what our future is, even though we don't see it in the present. We still know what our future is. We still know what God says so we can persevere in the present because we have faith toward in what God says he's going to do. Amen. And so I want to give you three things about living by faith. A lot of people talk about living by faith, but a lot of us don't really know what that looks like. And so I want to show you what living by faith looks like in our lives. Amen. All right. Number one, faith is moving before you have all the answers. Faith is moving before you have all the answers. Do I have any control freaks in here? Okay. This one's hard for you. Faith is moving before you have all the answers. Oswald Sanders said this. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. That's so good. As believers, we have to decide every day and sometimes every hour whether we're going to put our confidence in the visible things of this world, okay, or in the invisible realities of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? Faith enables you to see what others simply can't see or what others simply refuse to see. This passage said that Abraham, when he was called, obeyed not knowing where he was going. Think about that for a moment. Abraham obeyed when God said, I want you to go to Canaan without knowing where exactly, where in the world he was actually headed to. Have you ever been led blindfolded somewhere? Priscilla told you the story of when we blindfolded our kids uh, uh, when we took them to Disney World and, and it went horribly wrong. It kind of backfired on us. Abraham was basically being led into his land of promise blindfolded because he didn't know where he, he had no frame of reference for where Canaan was. OK, 
He had no frame of reference. All he had was a word from God, and in faith, he took one step and then took another step, took another step. When God said go left, he went left. When God said go right, he went right, and so on and so forth. Let's actually look at the call of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. The call of Abraham is a covenant that extends throughout all of Scripture. It's not just an Old Testament thing. It extends into the New Testament. The Apostle Paul writes about the covenant God had with Abraham as well and how we are, uh, we are children of Abraham grafted in through Jesus Christ as well. When we think of the call of Abraham, we think of this incredible faith filled moment when God spoke to him, right? In that moment, Abraham must have been on a spiritual high with God saying, through you, all of the families on the earth will be blessed. It must have been a spiritually high moment for Abraham. In that moment, Abraham probably felt like he could take on the world. Me and God, let's take on the world. But if you think about the call, look what it really entails. God says to Abraham, leave your home, leave your family, Leave your mom, leave your dad, leave your brothers, leave your sisters, leave your cousins, leave your aunt and uncle. Leave everything that's familiar to you. Leave everything that's comfortable and convenient to you and go to a land that you know nothing about. And if you do that, I will bless you and make your name great. But I'm not giving you any other information outside of that. As Abraham got the word to move from Haran to Canaan, he didn't have the luxury of the Internet. Okay? to look up where Canaan was. He didn't have Google Maps back then. He wasn't able to Google Canaan and figure out where the safe neighborhoods were or where the, the best school systems were. Abraham didn't have the luxury to do that like you and I have. Like before we moved to New York City, man, we researched all, uh, all uh, you know, we researched everything. We researched school systems. We researched demographics, all those things. Abraham wasn't able to do that at all. He heard God and obeyed, not knowing where on earth, literally, he was going. All he knew that was God, that God had called him, and his inheritance was in a place that required faith to get to. Okay? Faith is believing before seeing. Faith is believing before seeing. Many people think that the opposite of faith is fear, but that's not actually true. Okay? The opposite of faith is not fear, it's certainty. Yeah. It's certainty. It's knowing beforehand how everything is going to fall into place. And only when we know that everything is going to fall into place according to our plan do we act. Okay? That's the opposite of faith. It's knowing all of the details before taking a step. And how many of you know God does not operate that way? God doesn't operate in the realms of certainty, okay? His word is certain, but all of the details are not certain. You got to trust him, you got to have faith, and you got to be obedient, okay? In our culture, we consider people who are super organized and have every detail over the next 25 years already planned. We, we, we view those people virtuous, right? And those that don't know what they're going to do in the next 25 minutes 
to be unvirtuous, right? They're disorganized. They don't have it together. They're a mess and all those things. Like, for example, what is the first thing we ask someone that's graduating high school? What are you doing next? Where are you going to college? And if they're undecided, we inwardly have negative thoughts towards them, or at least I do, right? <laughs> like, like, how do they not know what they're going to do once they graduate? How do they, how do they not know already? Okay? They must be procrastinators, and they're not going to get very far in life. They must not have much ambition. We have these inward thoughts that we never say, right? Once they're in college, what is the first question we ask them? What are you majoring in? And if they aren't quite certain, again, our minds go in a negative direction. We're like, oh, they must be partying all day in college. You know what I mean? It's, it's like there's this value on having everything together and having everything planned out. But the writer of Hebrews tells us that Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he was right in the center of the will of God. Okay? If you're in a place today where you have uh, no idea where you're going, you have no idea what you're doing, if you will trust God, He'll lead you and direct you to the place that He wants you. Amen? So if you're in a place where you have no idea where you're going, I want to encourage you. You're in, a, you're in a good place because Abraham was in that place. Now, I don't want you to stay there forever, but it's okay right now. You need to trust God right now. Because maybe He wants you to stop thinking about what's next and just be faithful with what's now. Okay, let me, say <laughs> let me say that again. Maybe he wants you to stop thinking about what's next, and he wants you to be faithful with what's now. Some of us are always looking to what's next, and we ain't doing nothing right here, right now. Okay? We want to be fruitful in the future, but we're not faithful in the present. When you're in the in-between of the promise and the fulfillment, it always feels like you don't know where you're going. Okay? When you're in the in-between. Abraham had no certainty about the promise God gave him that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. All he had was a word from God to leave his current place and go to the place that God was giving him. Your inheritance from God is always in a place where faith will be the only way you're going to get there. If you want certainty, you're not going to get to your place of inheritance. If you want to know all of the details beforehand, you're not going to get to the place of your inheritance. If you want everything worked out for you so that it's an easy path to your inheritance, you're never going to get there. Your inheritance from God is always in a place where faith will be the only way that you can get there. In my own life, you know, we've experienced this. You know the story very well. Uh, in 2014, while Priscilla and I, we were youth and young adults pastors and at a church in Arlington, Texas, God called us out and to plant a church in New York City. We had a comfortable life in Texas. We lived in a three-bedroom, three, uh, two-bathroom, 1,600-square-foot uh, corner lot home, okay, with a spacious backyard. We lived a block away from Priscilla's parents, so we had babysitting anytime we wanted. Uh, I had a great relationship with my pastor. I still do. The church loved us, but God had a different plan for our lives. He called us out of the comforts of North Texas and to New York City from close proximity to family to thousands of miles away from Priscilla's parents and my parents, from a 1,600-square-foot home to a 600-square-foot apartment right here in Hamilton Heights. We moved to New York City without knowing anyone, okay? 
We moved here not knowing anyone, without any certainties of how we were going to start a church from scratch, without ever being lead pastors in a church, without ever uh, planting a church where we were the leaders. We came here without any certainties. All we had was a calling from God, faith, and obedience to that calling. The second thing about living by faith is this. Faith is living in the world, but not being of the world. Verse 9 tells us that Abraham lived as an alien in the land of promise. My daughter asked, my son or daughter the other day asked me, What's, what, what, what does that mean in the Bible when they call you an alien? They're thinking like a Martian from Mars or something like that. <laughs> but verse 9 tells us that Abraham lived as an alien in the land of promise. Church, let's not get too comfortable here on earth because there is something of far greater value to come. When Jesus makes all things new, even though he didn't fully understand it through his faith, Abraham was looking toward the day he could have unbroken fellowship with God in heaven. He was looking for a city. He was looking for a place where he could have unbroken fellowship and unbroken communion with his God, a place with no sickness and no tears and no sorrow and no pain, uh, no sin. You, You know, we can go through hardships in the here and now because as followers of Jesus, we understand That everything around us, everything you see, everything you can touch and feel, that's not all we have. That's not all we live for. And so we can go through trials. We can go through hard times. We can go through difficulties in the here and now because this isn't all that there is. We have an eternal inheritance that God has already prepared for us in eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Romans 12. Uh, one through two, and I'm reading it in the message translation. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. This is th- this next sentence is what I really want you to hear. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. It takes faith to live for the kingdom of God in the face of worldly systems that are pulling at us constantly. It takes faith to live counterculturally. It takes faith to not get our identity in the things that the world tells us to get our identity from and instead get our identity from our heavenly father. Okay, it takes faith to say the world's systems are going to all pass away. Therefore, I'm putting my trust in God's word because his ways, his words will never, ever, ever pass away. Living by faith is that constant tension of living our day-to-day lives, but not allowing the things of this world to become our master, okay? We have to make money to survive, but we need to understand that money is not what keeps me surviving, okay? We strive to be successful in whatever we put our hands to do, but understanding that success is not what defines me, okay? Success does not define me. Who God says, who my heavenly Father says I am, that and that alone is what defines me. If I would let my success define me, oh my gosh, I, I, 
I would be a mess. And Priscilla knows there are times where I let success or lack of success define me. Okay? We can't do that. We have to let what God says about us define who we are. <clears throat> My identity is found in how, who God says I am. That's why it takes faith to tithe, right? The world system says keep whatever you can get and use it for yourself because you worked hard for that money. Right. You sweat for that money. You, you, you worked shifts that someone else was supposed to work and they know you're dependable, so they called you on that. You worked hard for that money, so keep all of it to yourself. The kingdom of God says give your money to God by faith because he is the one who gave you the ability to work and he is your ultimate provider. Amen. It takes faith to pursue sexual purity with the person you are dating versus the notion that you must test drive the car first. Yeah, I went there. Okay. It takes faith to trust that if you, if you wait and you listen to the word of God and what it says in your relationships, that you will be blessed versus listening to what the world tells you to do and how the world tells you to to, to, uh, to work out your relationships, amen? For those of us who have lost family members who we know had a relationship with Jesus, this idea that we are in this world as aliens becomes a reality to you, doesn't it? Because on the one hand, you are deeply saddened by the loss of someone you love. But on the other hand, you know you are going to see them again. On the one hand, you're heartbroken because someone you love has passed away. But on the other hand, you, you, you're happy because they're not suffering anymore. They're not in pain anymore. They're not struggling anymore. Part of you is heartbroken, but another part of you has a deep sense of joy knowing that your loved ones are in heaven. What, what, a, what an amazing reminder that we live in this world, but we are not really of this world. There's something far greater that has eternal value that as believers, that as sons and daughters of God, as followers of Jesus, we get to experience. Amen. God called Abraham to move to Canaan and promised that he would become a great nation, but he never possessed the land. He didn't even have a permanent structure for a home. He lived in tents. It wasn't until many generations later that his descendants possessed the land once they were delivered from slavery in Egypt and, and Moses and then Joshua led them into the promised land. Can you imagine that? Abraham, he lived in the land, but he never possessed the land. There's this interesting tension that followers of Jesus live in. We need to view life like, God, whatever you give me, I'll be grateful for and I'll be a good steward of, but none of this is really mine. I'm just a manager of everything that you give me. It's all yours, and I will steward it, and I will manage it, and I will use it the way you want me to use it, because it, at the end of the day, it's not mine, it's yours. If I live in a tent, though you promise me the nation, so be it. If our church never gets big, even though you called us to this city to do an amazing work, so be it. Because there's something greater than a home and a big church, and it's Jesus. Amen? And so my calling in life is to be obedient and follow Jesus wherever he tells me 
to go. It, it, there's something greater than a home in a big church, and it's called the new heavens and the new earth. It's the new Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's this eternal inheritance that Jesus has prepared for me. That doesn't mean I'm just going to twiddle my thumbs and just let life happen. I'm going to die trying to pursue what God wants me to do. Okay, I'm going to give my all. I'm going to give my everything. But at the end of the day, like I told you earlier, it's not what defines me. And like Bevelin prayed, God didn't call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful. 1 Peter 2.11 says this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Peter calls us temporary residents and foreigners. Philippians 3, uh, 18 through 20 says, For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And point number three, faith persists through difficulties. Faith persists through difficulties. You see, church, faith is not needed to say yes to the call or after the fulfillment of the promise. Faith is required in between the word of the Lord and the fulfillment. Okay? Faith is required in order for us to be faithful in the in-between seasons of life. Many of us think it's only, it only takes faith when God calls us. When God gives us the word, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I, I, want, you to, I, I want you to say this. But no, faith, it requires faith once he gives you the call and you say yes to the fulfillment when it, when it happens. The in-between, that's when most people give up. That's when most people quit. It takes faith in the in-between seasons of our lives. You see, it takes faith to show up again. Yeah. Yeah. It takes faith to get knocked down and show up again. Yeah. It takes faith when you don't see fireworks and you show up again. It takes faith that almost three years later, we're showing up every single Sunday preaching the gospel in our neighborhood. It takes faith that almost three years later, Ticho, Michelle, Priscilla, and myself, and our five kids, we show up at 8.30 in the morning, even though we thought by now we'd have a set up and tear down team. Okay? It takes faith. It takes faith for Misa to show up week after week leading our kids' church, especially on the days that the kids are extra wild. Okay? It takes faith for you to show up on Sunday after Sunday to greet or to sing or to be on the worship team or to do security week after week after week. It takes faith believing that there's something great that God is doing in our neighborhood and through our church that God has a great call on this church. It takes faith to show up. Michelle told Priscilla and I before we ever moved here that she wanted to be a part of our church. Ticho and Michelle, they moved, they lived in Dallas and God called them to move to New York City to help us with our church plant as well. And before we moved up here, I remember Michelle telling us that she wanted to be a part of our church because God spoke to her and told her that God is going to do something big in this church. She, knows, she doesn't know what it looks like. She doesn't know what it is. But God was going to do something huge. And so she wanted to be a part of it. And the truth is, it didn't take faith for Michelle to believe that in Texas, 
as they were deciding to move to New York City, that God was going to do something big. It takes faith four years later, okay, for her to still believe that during the daily grind of her and her family living here in New York City. That's where it takes faith when in the in-between. God says he's going to do something big. Uh, it's going to happen. We're somewhere in here and we got to have faith to keep showing up every single day. It takes faith to keep believing. It takes faith to keep having conversations with people about Jesus. It takes faith to keep showing up on Friday Night Lights whether people come with you or not. It takes faith to just keep showing up. Amen? Because anything God calls you to do will always come with obstacles. The enemy doesn't want us to fulfill our God-given dream, so he'll try everything in his power to discourage us, to distract us, and to stop us. And God often allows difficulties as well because it's through the difficulties that we learn to rely and trust in him. It's through the difficult seasons in my life that I have had to cling and rely and trust in Jesus in a way that if everything was handed to me, I would never have to do that. I wonder how Abraham felt when he arrived full of faith in Canaan and realized there were already people living there. Nobody was going to allow him to just come in and settle down. People were already there. Although God blessed him, it didn't come without obstacles. He had to wait until he was 100 years old to receive the son that God had promised him 25 years earlier. See, Abraham already had a late start, having his first son with, 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 his, with his wife, Sarah, at 75 years old, and then God made him wait 25 more years? Come on. Anything God promises you will not come without obstacles in your life. And if I could have the worship team come up. He had to fight many battles and go through many struggles in his life. Real, genuine faith does not stop Believing when expectations aren't met. Someone asked me a couple weeks ago, have your, expect- have your expectations been met with planting this church? And I said, none of my expectations have been met. None of my expectations have been met. But it's when your expectations aren't met, are you going to keep showing up? Are you going to continue to be faithful? Are you going to continue to push forward? Are you going to continue to be obedient to God? Are you going to continue to believe what he told you he was going to do? Real genuine faith doesn't quit when disappointment happens. And let me tell you something. There is is 100% chance that as you follow God, you are going to be disappointed. People will disappoint you. Leaders will disappoint me, you. Children will disappoint you. Your, your, your life circumstances will disappoint you. People you thought were for you will disappoint you. People that told you, I got your back no matter what, will disappoint you. But it's in those moments where we decide, am I going to quit? Or am I going to keep going? Am I going to trust? Or am I going to stop? Real, genuine faith doesn't stop obeying 
when things start falling apart. Because another thing I know, there will be times in your life where you just feel like everything is falling apart. Everything at, there might be seasons where everything at home is going well, but everything is falling apart at work. And maybe physically you're doing well, but emotionally everything's falling apart. Maybe your relationship with your parents are falling apart. Maybe your relationship with your spouse is falling apart. Whatever it may be, there will be times and seasons in your life where it feels like everything is falling apart. And that is when it takes a real, genuine faith and trust in God saying, you know what? I'm going to get back up. You know what? I'm going to show back up. You know what? I'm going to say sorry one more time. You know what? I'm going to forgive one more time. Church, that is what living by faith looks like. It's showing up when you don't want to. It's being faithful when those around you aren't being faithful. It, 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 it's, it's continuing to pray and continuing to believe even though everything around you is falling apart. That's what faith looks like in our lives. That's what Abraham had to deal with in his life. And, and as he received the promise, the covenant from his heavenly father.